0: Welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Krueger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters, and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, You know, I, I love doing this show for so many reasons, and not the least of which is that I get to interview so many interesting people that I had never even met before, never heard of before the people that I have heard of before and so today is no exception it's it's another amazingly interesting human being who truth be told we connected and she said hey I think I'd be great to to be on your show I'd love to serve your your community and the people that listen to your show and we had a quick phone call and I couldn't agree more. So I'm gonna read her quick bio and then we're gonna jump right into an amazing conversation. So as the owner of Kiami Entertainment, GGM Green is an award-winning independent writer, director, and producer. She has produced multiple forms of content, including short films, web series, and currently has a slate of new projects in development. Gigi started her creative journey as a production assistant on the Emmy-nominated Disney series Good Luck, Charlie, where she worked her way up to freelance writer of a produced episode. Gigi was the first and only Black writer for that show. She's also the author of two new book series, Cleaning Her Closet, How I Gained Myself After Losing Mom, Volume 1, and Step-by-Step, How to Get Your First Job in TV as well as two other series in development. Gigi also holds a Bachelor of Arts in Interdisciplinary Arts and Performance and a Master's in Law. Gigi Green, thank you so much for being here on the show with me today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my goodness. The pleasure is all mine. So I want to jump right in real quick because you've done quite a bit of things. And from our conversation beforehand, I know that you've overcome enough struggles in, in general. But what brought you to this path in your career? Because entertainment, as most people know, or maybe most people don't know, entertainment is is a tough career to begin with regardless. So what drove you into this career path? And talk to me about some of the struggles along the way.
1: Absolutely. So I am the youngest of a blended family of 10. (laughs) And I'm from the Midwest. So there weren't a lot of people that I was around that even knew what being a writer on television was or anything in entertainment, basically, at all. But being the youngest, and there's such a large age gap between me and my siblings, I used to write these little one-act plays in my room and, you know, take my stuffed animals and they would be the stage manager and the director. (laughs) And then I would also act it out. So I always wanted to do it, even as a child. I just didn't know how. So once I left the Midwest, I came to California, and I just started to put myself out there trying to do that. It's very expensive to live in California. (laughs) So on the way, I was homeless. I lived in my car for a couple of weeks. And then finally, I got an apartment. I moved around. I've done couch sitting with different friends. And then I said, well, how can I change this? You know, this isn't the life that I wanted. I have a degree in law so I've been a paralegal. I didn't have a problem getting a job. My problem was getting the job that I wanted working in entertainment. So, I looked around and I found this thing it was called the Producers Guild Conference. I think they still have that now, of course not during the pandemic, but I think they do it every year if not every other year. So, I looked that up and then I saw they took volunteers. I can do that. You know, <laughs> I know how to volunteer. So, I called them, got on the list, and I started volunteering. Chance situation. While I was volunteering, I was sitting at a table and there was a lady sitting there, didn't know her, drinking her coffee. I just started a conversation with her. Turned out she worked for a show, Disney. She was a producer for a show on Disney. And we were talking. I was telling her what I wanted to do, had no experience. And she said, "Okay, I'll call you if something comes up. I thought she was giving me the classic, we'll do coffee, you know. <laughs> she actually liked me and she she liked that I had the ambition to be a volunteer and try to meet new people. So when an opportunity came, she actually called me and she said, hey, we need a PA. Can you be here? It starts in two days. Sure. <laughs> of course I can. At that time, I didn't even know what a PA was, but I knew it was a job. So I Googled it. And all the things that were listed, I was like, okay, I've been doing that in most of my other jobs, so I can definitely do it for this one. So I started that job and I tried to be the best PA that I could possibly be. I was first one there, last one to leave, learned everyone's name, used their names when I was speaking to them, um, tried to be helpful in other departments other than the one that I was in, and people were paying attention. And so they asked me, did I want to be a writer's PA? So then I got moved up to that and then did the same thing. But once I was there, I was like, oh, OK, I'm near the writers. I need to show them that I actually want to write. <laughs> so on my downtime, I would work on my script and they took notice. They started to say, hey, what are you working on? Oh, you're still here. Wow. OK. And so I started to apply to some of the fellowships and they knew what I was applying. So they offered to read my script. And then I got moved up to showroom as assistant. And then from there, they already knew I was a writer. And after they read my material, they said, oh, I didn't expect it to be that good. I don't know how I felt about that at the time, <laughs> but I took it as a compliment and I kept writing. And then they read more of my material. And then when the opportunity came, they said, hey, we have a episode. Would you like to write it? And I was like, okay. (laughs) Once again, I was scared out of my mind, but took the opportunity, got to sit at the table, got to pitch. It was fantastic. It was one of the best opportunities I've ever had in my life. And I still, to this day, keep in contact with most of them. It's it was just a obviously great experience, and I love it.
0: That's that's a wonderful story. I want to just start real quick. For anyone who's unaware and who has not had any experience in the quote-unquote Hollywood machinery or, you know, Hollywood life, What Gigi just explained and described is is something that is is not an often occurrence. It's not often that you show up on set as a PA, which for those of you who are uninitiated is a production assistant. So you're basically there to, you know, get coffee, to do, you know, run around and grab things for people. You're there to be helpful. So you don't usually go from production assistant to writing on something. I mean, you can, but it takes a really long time. Typically it's it's going to be you'll be a PA on one show or one project, and then you'll do another one, and then you'll do another one, and then you'll start to get a little experience, and you'll get to know people, and then you'll work your way up to the writer's room. She did this all in one show, which is, I just want to applaud that. And I just wanted to kind of call that out because to me, I know, and I think most of most of my listeners know this at this point as well, but everything that you have in your life is manifested. its It's you, you set your intention and it comes to you provided you keep that vibration where it needs to be. Now, you are homeless. And you then literally worked your way right back up. And there's there's so many things that I want to touch on right, right now. But I, I want to talk first about the fact that you had no problems getting a job. It was getting the job that you wanted. So yeah. let's let's kind of crack that open real quick. Because so many people out there who are looking to follow their dreams and who are looking to achieve something, they have skills. They have marketable skills. They have the ability to grab a profession or a job in one field, but they're looking to go into another, what was it that kept you afloat and in the direction of what it is that you really wanted to do when you could have easily just gone, hey, paralegal pays well, I'm just going to fall into that?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would say it was definitely the manifestation and it was also watching television. It might sound like a weird thing, but I just kept the focus on, I want to be there one day. How do I get there? So I would watch everything from children's shows, obviously, but also dramas, horrors. And I just would read the credits. And I just kept thinking, if they can do it, I can do it. It can't be this extreme journey. It just can't be. I believe that in my head. And there was something about just, I don't know if it was self-empowerment, maybe. I just felt like I'm supposed to be there. It's been there since I was a little kid. In my mind, I just didn't know how to how to get there. And even when I was a paralegal, I would talk to the attorneys that worked in entertainment and I would say, hey, what clients do you have? Oh, what are they working on? And, and they would ask me, oh, you sound like you want to do something else. And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I'm just learning. So keeping people that would help me keep that in front of my mind, but also focusing on the goal, which was TV, film, theater, and just having as many people around me as I could.
0: So you, I I need to know, because what you're telling me right now is, is literally the formula for manifesting. It's, Mm -hmm. it's choosing what it is that you desire, focusing on it, seeing yourself in the role, knowing that it's not that difficult to get there. You just have to believe and, and, and you literally did achieve it. Were you aware of the law of attraction back at that point? Were you, or were you just creating by default?
1: By default. That is so interesting that you ask that. I didn't learn about the law of attraction until about two or three years ago. And what's so interesting about that, even when I was a PA, the other PAs, they knew I wanted to write. And the other PAs would say, oh, but you're never going to write for this show. You don't move up here. They just keep you. And I was like, no, i i want to write <laughs> you know i was like i don't know about you but i want to write and so i was still getting the you can't do it why do you think you can do it all of that but in my mind i just kept saying i want to write though i don't know what else to i don't know what to call it i don't know where it's coming from i just want to do that so i knew if it wasn't going to be there it would be somewhere in my life even if it was me continuing to write scripts on my own whether it was short films or theater. I started writing one act play. I just knew I wanted to be a writer and everything else. It was almost like it became white noise. I just didn't hear it anymore.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. That's what it comes down to. You know, everyone else who said you're never going to move up on this show because they don't, they keep you here. That's their belief. And when your belief is set That's where you're going to be. You're only going to, you're only going to receive what you believe you deserve. And obviously you were in the position of, you're like, no, I deserve this. I should definitely move up. There's no reason why I won't. And everyone else was like, no, 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 this is the way. And you're like, no, I'm not listening to that. That, I just wanted to point that out because that's really, that's really how, Mountains are moved. That's how amazing things are manifested in life. And I, and I know for some people, if if this is your first time listening to the show, which uh, hey, welcome. You know, we t- we talk about manifesting a lot, and and it's true. And I've had so many examples in my own life where things seemingly would be impossible to happen, but they of course happened anyway because. I believed and I knew that I could manifest it. And every single human being on this planet has the capacity to do that. I don't care what your circumstances or what your situation is in life. You have the ability within you to enhance that life, period. There's no, there's full stop. Nobody is more or less than anyone else. And I just wanted to drive that home. And now we talked about the fact that you were homeless and living out of your car for a while. Mm -hmm. You're the youngest of 10 kids, right? So oftentimes, the youngest child is the one who has to like fight for the scraps and but also they're the baby of the family, so they're also treated kind of a little bit better potentially. Mm-hmm. How do you think that being the youngest of ten, my goodness, yeah. your poor your poor mom, <laughs> no, I know you said it's blended. I know it's blended, but how do you think that being the youngest of ten affected your drive in life and your ability to go ahead and go after what it is that you want?
1: Absolutely. I think it was one of the The biggest things other than the manifestation because the age gap was so big. So, when I was five, I think my youngest brother was already in high school. That's how big the uh, gap is. With that, because I kind of grew up as an only child because I was by myself a lot, they were off doing whatever they were doing, and I was, they were more like, get away from me, kid, you're too little, you know? So I had to fend for myself. I had to teach myself a lot of things. My parents were tired by the time I came along, so I had to defend myself. I had to learn a lot of things on my own, and I just became very independent. and And one thing I wanted to add about the manifestation, I didn't know also that it's not about the how. I didn't because I didn't think about that. I just thought, this is what I want. So whether it's manifesting something, you talked about mountains, whether it's manifesting something big or, hey, I would love to make 5% more than I did last year type of thing. That focus and not worrying about how I'm going to do it, but just saying, this is what I want and that's all there is, I think is bigger than the actual, the how of the manifestation, if that makes sense. And I didn't know that before. But yes, being alone so much made me so independent that I had to trust myself. I had to believe in myself and it just helped me still to this day. I feel like just get the things that I want coming from being homeless, even though it was only two weeks, I remember what it's like not to have even an apartment and now I own more than one property. It's just a weird thing when you start to really believe in yourself and say, okay, I don't want this life anymore. How do I get there? But even if I don't know, I don't want this life anymore. (laughs) So I'm just going to focus on that and hopefully what I choose to call God or or universe, angels, whatever, will start to move you in in that direction. I believe that.
0: That's, I mean, that's just such a huge thing because belief in yourself is, and to me, that's paramount. If you can believe in yourself, look, I'm not saying that you can manifest every single thing you want. I mean, if you can't sing, if you can't sing at all, okay, you're not going to go ahead and become an international superstar singer. Okay. Right. You, have to, you have to play to your strengths, obviously. Right but we all we all know what those strengths are and when you when you play to your strengths and you go through or go towards the things that you you excel at we all excel at something and you have that unshakable belief in yourself there is just it's impossible not to succeed unless you put in a negative spin on it But you can't put a negative spin on it if you believe in yourself, which is the whole point. And it's so amazing because you had this kind of programmed into you through circumstance, through your childhood, through your upbringing, with this belief in yourself, this ability to be self-reliant. And you can't minimize the fact that it was only two weeks homeless. Anyone finding themselves without a job, that two weeks... I want to actually maximize that and say, wow, it was only two weeks. You could have, it could have been so much worse. You, I mean, two weeks is an eternity, regardless, not knowing where, where things are going to come from, how you're going to make ends meet, so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, is so many people, once they find themselves in that situation, it's just a negative downward spiral. They're just like, well, this is where I am. What else can happen wrong? And then it just goes down, 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 and they never find their way out of it. So to be able to go, Nope, I don't want this anymore. How am I gonna work this out? I don't know. It's gonna work out. And you did. You worked it out. So I just I just wanted to applaud that and kind of um I think you have no, I think it's wonderful. I um thank you for sharing this. I, I wanted to segue this into because this belief in self and overcoming of circumstances, I I have to talk about. Obviously, we've just come through the craziest of years. Yeah. The Black Lives Matter movement has been a massive, massive thing, and to to be perfectly honest, for me personally, I think that it needs to stay in the conversation because Absolutely. not not enough has been done yet, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, I want to know because it's in your bio, you're the first Black writer for this show, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know what what that experience was like for you as a Black person coming up in Hollywood, as a, you know, because the systemic inequality towards anyone who's not of a specific, you know, look, background, et cetera, so on and so forth, that's its own obstacle course of insanity. What was that like for you coming up?
1: So at that time, it wasn't going on as much, but I will say, I tried not to be a perfectionist with it. And what I mean specifically by that, I knew the responsibility of it, even if it wasn't talked about, or even if it wasn't, really known by other people on the set. I kept thinking, okay, so my name is going to go on this and when people see my face, I'm going to be the first black writer they've ever had. I don't want to mess this up. You know, I just kept thinking I want to have room for anybody coming up behind me to to be able to say, okay, we've had one and she didn't mess it up too bad. We'll have another one. I mean, just to be honest, that's I didn't want to mess it up. That's where I was coming from the most. I wanted to make sure there was room for others to be able to come behind me. Unfortunately, the show didn't get a fifth season, so we wrapped, but that was my goal with it. Do well enough that somebody else can get the chance behind you. I wanted to open the legacy.
0: I think that that's noble. And I think that's wonderful. And I just, I want to throw in here that, and, and I know that we have a long way to go as yeah. human beings, but I, I just, I, it's it's always been my personal belief that nobody's any better or worse than anyone else. And I think that the narrative around all of it is 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 crazy and wrong in the sense that the only difference between someone who has darker skin and someone who has lighter skin is the amount of melanin produced, okay? That's it. That's the right. only difference bi- biologically speaking, culturally now, of course, to anyone out there who says, "Look, I'm I, I'm not racist. I'm 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 colorblind." No, you're not colorblind. There's differences between human beings. Those differences should be celebrated. It's just they should never be denigrated, and that's the difference, at least from my perspective. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm I come from. Look, I come from privilege. I acknowledge my privilege. Mm-hmm. I've had my own struggles in life. It's just not been coupled with race issues at the same time. Which, by the way, again, so anyone out there, if you're unclear about this. There are no races in human beings. There is the human race. Mm-hmm. And then we all have different ethnicities and we have different backgrounds and there's different cultures and they should all be celebrated for the amazing tapestry of diversity that that weaves together. And if we can come to that place of, hey, you know what? Your background is Hungarian. So you like this kind of food. And right. oh, wow, I'd love to try that. Oh my goodness, you're from, from the South. Like I wanna, you know, if we could just be curious about it and 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 celebrate it instead of going, Whoa! You're different than me. You must be worse. I have to put you down because I'm insecure. There, do you see the difference, even in the in the energy in my voice, right? If you can be curious about it and learn from the other person, I just want to know. Like, do you think, in in your mind, is that a possibility? Do you think that we could ever get there? And I know, I know, being the person you are with the hope in your heart and the belief in yourself, I feel like the answer is probably yes. But I don't want to. I don't want to answer for you. But you know, what are your thoughts on all that?
1: I think there's two parts to that. First, I want to hit on, uh, you mentioned colorblind. Mm-hmm. I've always had a little bit of a challenge with that because I don't know if we should try to be colorblind. I think mm-hmm. seeing all the, the rich, different shades of people and, and different nationalities and races, I I actually love that. So when people say they're colorblind, I always want to ask them, why Why do you want to be, though? Why, why don't you want to see I'm Black? I'm okay with saying I am a Black woman um, or brown. People love to say brown. I'm okay with that. It doesn't hurt my feelings for someone to say that I'm a Black woman. Yes, I have pride in that. See me. You know what I mean? We all want to be heard and seen. See me. Now, when that comes to television or any kind of entertainment, I think that we are moving in a space where diversity, inclusion is a hot topic right now, and I would love to see that continue. Will it continue? Like you said, there's hope in my heart. Honestly, I've seen before, though, where... Things that are not white specific tend to be the the tone of the week or the, and I don't want that to happen here. I would hope whether it's LGBTQIA or whether it's inclusion diversity, whether it's women, whether it's physically abled people, whether it's nationality whether it's religion i would love to see oh this is not, this is the hot thing now and then we move on to something else i would love to see no this is accepted period and we write diverse stories inclusive storytelling we are we are a nation a country a world that wants to embrace storytelling from everybody and not just Whatever is hot now, you get your time and then you're done. I would, I would have hope for that as long as we keep using voices like myself, like uh, Latinx, like more LGBTQIA uh, writers, directors, producers, and just make that the end thing and not the hot topic of the week or the month, if that makes sense
0: that makes perfect sense and I, I i couldn't agree more i think that i think that societally speaking and that's a weird way to put it but yeah. you know to, you know historically speaking within society the stories that are being told that you're seeing on television the movies that you're seeing it's very white centric it's very white straight Centric and and historically speaking, that's what it's been. But as time has gone on, you're seeing more and more stories that are more inclusive. And so, I think that when we talk about systemic racism or systemic prejudice, right, it's because from the top down, the story being told is, well, this character is white with blonde hair and blue eyes, and this person's, you know, the the lead is male. And if it, the female is the lead, well, she needs a love interest that's male. Can't be a female love interest because that's not going to work. And so I think that personally, it's, or at least for me, from my perspective, the way I see it is, it's just about the amount of stories being told. You need to, we need to widen the spectrum. It's not about cramming people of color or different gender identities or sexualities into, like, you you don't want to shoehorn them into the current narrative. We need to expand the narrative. That's That's really what needs to happen where the stories need to be told. It's not, you cannot have a white person in the lead role because it doesn't make sense because they didn't grow up in wherever the place is that the the story is taking place and it it didn't happen to them and it couldn't happen to them. So, so it, it couldn't be a white person. So, and maybe they have a white friend who's like your token white guy in the movie or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? But the, but the fact of the matter is, is the way to affect change is to expand the narrative, to include more people from the top down I think that's really what what it requires in order to both the more ubiquitous it is and the more people get to see the stories and the more they get to understand it the more they get to see that hey you know what my egocentric view of the world is not the only view of the world and there's other perspectives and that's why I say when when people say they're colorblind I'm like no that's that's wrong that's wrong because you're now you're now denying that person's entire history that that person's entire culture and and the fact of the matter is this whole black white narrative it's nonsense to begin with nobody's truly white unless you're albino and even then you're still off white and nobody's black and 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 that's and there's no such thing like we can identify with all these things right we talk about culturally speaking yeah i would never deny that reality but the fact of the matter is is your skin is not black it's not straight up it's not you know what i mean
1: and i've heard i've heard that there are many people who side on were different shades of brown. And I, I can see the realism of that, but I wanted to comment also on what I hear that you're saying and that I agree with is just being more real in the storytelling. <clears throat> Excuse me, being more real in the storytelling because I don't know how real it would be if everything became, it's just Black people or it's just Islam or it's just LGBT. I mean, when you walk outside, you see all different types of people, and I just wish more of the st- storytelling will move towards that, where it's just more of a real society and not just one thing. Exactly,
0: that is exactly where where I stand on it. I I just feel like more stories need to be told that are that are just from differing perspectives and different points Absolutely. of view. And the beautiful thing is, is we're moving in that direction. You see so much more content nowadays where you can see things from different perspectives. You know, we sat down and, and watched the first two seasons of Dear White People on Netflix. Phenomenal yeah. show, phenomenal show. Season three, they lost the handle a little bit because they they decided to, they, they started to go a little tongue in cheek and start talking about the third season of a Netflix series. And I was just like, oh, don't do that. Just keep with what made the show so amazing. And truth be told, still love the show. I'm just saying yeah. it, it just, you know, but again, that's more of a real perspective in the sense that it's it's inclusive of all perspectives. It's not just it's not just Black centric, but it is told from that perspective and from And
1: that West makes G- sense. It's told from that perspective. Exactly. But that doesn't mean there's no white
0: people on the show and there's no other people on the show. It's just it's just the main character's perspective is it's not what you would typically expect. Right. So the point that I'm trying to make is it shouldn't be not what you would typically expect. We should just expect to see a show or a movie that's centered from an Islamic perspective, maybe from because I think the more exposure we get the more used to things we become and the more accustomed to differences we become and the less prejudiced we become. And so that's, that's it's so funny because people say that, you know, Hollywood is vapid and it's, it's you know, there's no substance there and whatever, and I'm like, no, yes, okay, yes, it can be.
1: <laughs> but it also
0: but it can also drive like systemic cultural change where we expose Absolutely. people to different perspectives and views where we can we can then become a more inclusive society don't you Absolutely. think
1: yes i totally agree with that
0: so now I want to go back real quick. I want to circle back because you know, it's it's another synchronicity in your story where you went to this production, wait, what was it called? It was the the conference, right? And you randomly, I'm going to use air quotes, had coffee with someone who who it turned out to be something amazing. And I'm tying this into the fact that you were as you were a PA, you were you were using people's names. You were you were yeah. connecting with people on a on a personal level, okay? Talk to me a little bit about that. Was that something that you just, was it something that you consciously decided? Like, I'm going to use these people's names. I'm going to connect on on purpose because I know that this is going to work. Or is that just the type of person you are where you like to connect with people on a personal level?
1: It's the type of person I am. And (laughs) there was a little bit of, I want to learn everyone's name because I want to learn what they do. I wanted to know, how does this whole thing come together of, making a television show. My ultimate goal one day is to green light projects, own a studio. I want all that. I don't know how, but that's what I want eventually. So I was curious, what does an associate director do? What does a producer do? What does a grip do? I had no idea. So I wanted to learn that. And the best way I knew how was learning them as a person, get to know them a little bit. And then when I got a moment, what is it that you do? How do you fit into all this? And sometimes they would explain it to me. And sometimes they would be like, get out of here. (laughs) You know, there isn't a lot of respect for PAs, but I definitely took advantage of it when I could.
0: I think that's amazing. And and there's a principle at play there. I don't know if you've ever read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. No, Um, I want to though. It's a, well, you know, it's interesting because you already are applying some of the principles in that, which is one of the things, and I don't remember which chapter it is, but he writes that the most amazing sound that people love to hear is their own name. They love being Mm -hmm. called their own name. And so if you can remember someone's name and you call them by their name, You're already putting yourself above maybe other people who are just like, oh, Mr. So-and-so, or not using the name. Using someone's name is a very powerful connection tool, according to this book, of course. And we know this to be true, because psychologically speaking, if someone, if you run into someone you haven't seen in forever and they're like, oh, Gigi, how are you? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, wow, they remembered my name. Like, I must have made an impact. Right. Right. But if they're just like, oh, hey, I I know you from somewhere. Who? Who? different. It's a totally different interaction. Oh, and so absolutely. Yeah. So you put that into into play without even realizing it. And I just there's something else I wanted to touch on here, which is that for anyone wanting to go into any field, anyone wanting to do any job, the idea of and again, this is something that's kind of come up in this interview a little bit, which is about being curious. It's about understanding and learning about whatever is going on around you. So many people go into a PA job And they just do what they're asked and think, okay, well, if I rack up the hours, I can say I was a PA on this show and then I'll go to the next one. And then I've done a I've done PA work on 92 shows and now I can move up to the next level. But instead, you have this opportunity. You're on set around people. Obviously, don't bug everybody, but to use their name and -hmm. then find out as much as you can of what's going on so that you can bank that information and go okay, down the line, I'm going to be able to apply this. That's, that's just, I, I just wanted to kind of call that out because what you did there, your success, Gigi, is, is not an accident. It's not a surprise either because you applied the principles necessary to get to where you need to go.
1: I received that. Thank you. Whether I understood what I was actually doing or not <laughs> at the time, I can see everything you're saying where Subconsciously, maybe it was intentional, you know. So yes, thank you for that. I receive it, and I I still use a lot of those, I guess, strategies to this day.
0: Well, I, again, it's a, it's a teachable moment to anyone listening. If you're out there and you're going, hey, I really want to do X Y Z, whatever that X Y Z is, I'm just that's a placeholder. Use it for whatever. The lessons here, right, right, very simple, is be curious. Don't be ashamed to learn about things. Everyone has to start somewhere. Nobody walks into things. No no baby's born going, all right, pass me my binder. I'm ready to go. (laughs) They have to learn how to eat and feed themselves and walk and crawl and all that crazy stuff first, and that takes years and years and years, which had actually kind of struck something in me, which is, was there ever a point where you thought to yourself, like, wow, this has to happen now. I only have a specific amount of time, so on and so forth. Or have you been more, and I I feel like I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you anyway. Have you been more like, you know what? It's going to happen when it's going to happen. I know I'm going to do this.
1: Yeah, of course. There were definitely times. um, So I started with Good Luck, Charlie season two. And I didn't get the produced episode until season four. And so I always knew what I wanted. Like I said, whether it was there or not. But there were times where I was like, okay, being a PA is nice, when can I do something else? Even though I actually enjoy being a PA, it's the only time I feel like on set where you are in so many different departments and you're um, mixing with so many different people, my experience though. But yeah, there were a few times where I was saying, Okay, I I would like to move up. I don't know how to get there. I don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe I was wrong, of course. And then in my own projects, there were times where I didn't have the money, and I was thinking, man, I would really like to get this out this year. I don't see it. I don't see that's going to happen. Maybe it'll be next year. I mean, there's scripts that I have (laughs) that I wrote ten years ago, and they still haven't been made, you know. And so, but I'm still believing in them. They're getting traction now, but I mean, it's one of those where definitely I've had those moments just like everyone else
0: yeah and I, I think it's first of all just so you know starting as a PA on season two and then having a produced episode by season four that's <laughs> lightning fast that's like that's like that doesn't happen fast for the most part now again I'm I'm saying anything and everything is possible I've been saying this forever so yeah you know everyone can get to that place but remember, Playing to your strengths, you have to get to that place. So, before we wrap up, I just want to know if you had one bit of advice to give to any budding filmmakers out there, anybody who's looking to—actually, it, it doesn't even matter what the career is. What would you say is—is is your tip for helping people live enhanced and how they can improve their life on a daily basis? If there was one thing you can say, "Hey, do this. This will help you a million times over." What would that be?
1: I would say, don't underestimate yourself. You have value whatever you were doing before you actually get to what you want to do, you have skills. You have things that can that you can do in that new position. Um, like I said, I didn't know what a production assistant PA was, but I've been an assistant before. Being a paralegal, you're working with a lot of attorneys. So I I knew what it was to work with people who went to Yale, who went to Stanford, who had that kind of mentality. I worked with, I knew how to read, you know what I mean? So I could look up things and I knew how to be kind to people. I knew how to work as a team. So you have skills coming from whatever you've done before, and you can use those in your new position. So I would say value yourself. Don't underestimate where you come from.
0: Super, super wise words. I love that. I want to know, do you have anything that you're working on now that's coming up that you're able to share or would like to share?
1: Yes, absolutely. I have a few projects. So I have a new podcast coming out off of my script called Stone. It's about a Black police officer who is caught in the middle of of these times where he wants to do the right thing, but he's also caught with trying to uphold the blue code of being a police officer. So there's some nice little fun and, and different things that he has to deal with in that. Also, I have a new book that I wrote dealing with the death of my mother. Um, it's called Cleaning Her Closet, um, How I Gained Myself After Losing Mom. And it it takes you on a whirlwind and it I feel like stretches what we've all known as the five stages of grief, it stretches that into, there's some other things that I just felt like haven't been talked about, like hoarding and and forgiveness and masking when you're telling everyone you're okay. And just learning how to gain yourself after being in the shadow of your mom, especially as a woman, I think the bond between two women is one of the strongest things that you can ever see. So that's what I'm working on.
0: That sounds amazing. Where can people find you if they if they need to A, hire you, or B, just follow you?
1: Oh, absolutely. So my book is available on Amazon. You can look it up by my name, GGM Green, or by Cleaning Her Closet. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. My IG is GGM Green TV. My Twitter is GGM Green. And my Facebook is GGM Green. My LinkedIn is GGM Green. (laughs) So I'm out there. I would love to hear from you. And I'm so grateful to be on your show. Very Uh, kind. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for being here today, Gigi. It's been an absolute pleasure having this wonderful conversation with you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Absolutely. You as well. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening.